All right, Galatians chapter 5, I want to read that verse number, well, let, let me back up and read, if I may. Let me just back up and read, starting verse number six, 16, and then if you'll leave your Bibles open, you're familiar with this. We've gone over these verses together, but I want to just share something with you. Look at verse 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusteth or warreth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary. These are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. But if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Boy, what a mess. Boy, I'm getting ready to read to you a real mess right here. And if you and I follow our flesh, this is the mess that's going to be in our life. I don't want to follow the flesh. Uh, I want to be led by the Holy Spirit and not follow after my flesh. I'm calling these the fiascos of the flesh. Look at verse 19. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, and revelings, and such like. Paul said it's just so bad. He said, I'm going to list these, and I think there are 19 things there. But he said, man, anything that's even kin to these things. Now, I'm going to tell you, what I've just read to you is a real mess right there. And if you and I live and allow the flesh to dominate our life, instead of being led by the Holy Spirit, that's the kind of mess the flesh is going to produce in our life. That's the reason a lot of people, their life is a mess tonight. It's simply because they've been following after the flesh. And then he said this, as I've told you before, in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. You may be wondering, I, preacher, what if I do those things? What if one of those things is, is uh, in my life? Well, let me just say this. These things ought to be the exception and not the rule of our life. If these things are just common, ordinary things in your life, I'll tell you what, you need to come to Calvary because you've never been saved to start with. But we know that if we follow after the flesh, these things can get in our life and mess us up. But then he comes to verse 22 and says this, but but the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Now, I'll tell you, that's the kind of stuff I want in my life. I don't want that mess of the flesh. But I tell you what, that fruit of the Spirit, those fiascos of the flesh, that's not what I want. I want the fruit of the Spirit in my life. And so recently I've been preaching that series of sermons on the subject of fruit. And then if you'll notice the word full living. Fruit full living. Let's pray. Father, bless your word tonight. I pray. Speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, over the last three or four Sunday nights, I've been preaching about the battle. The battle that exists within the life of every child of God. You know, the Bible makes it clear that you and I have three formidable foes that we face every day of our life. We have an external foe, that's the world. And everything about the world is geared to allure us, to, can I use the word, seduce us, to draw us away from Jesus. Every 
everything about this world is geared by the devil, who is the God of this world, in order to try to get us not to love Jesus like we ought to. That's the reason we're told in the Bible, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, 1 John 2, 15, the love of the Father is not in him. Uh, he's not talking about green grass and rocks and mountains and trees. He's talking about the system of the world. You and I ought to be diametrically opposed to the system of the world. Boy, we got to watch this world. This world will cool our love for Jesus. It'll throw a bucket of ice water on our love for the Lord. We have an external enemy. Number two, we have an infernal enemy. Now I'm talking about the devil. And ladies and gentlemen, none of us are any match for the devil. There's a real live personal devil that's running loose in this world. And if he's not doing it, then his bunch of demons is trying their best to hound us and to mess our life up and to destroy us. And we're no match for him. He's too cunning. He's too strong for us. If you'll notice in the Bible, every time in the Bible outside of God or Jesus, every time somebody in the Bible got in a conversation with the devil, they lost. Every time. You can't converse with the devil. He's too wise. He's too cunning. That's the reason we're told in Ephesians chapter 6 that we ought to be careful about the wiles, the methods of the devil. He's out to destroy us. We've got an infernal enemy, but then we've got an internal enemy. That's the flesh, the old nature, that, uh, that part of you that, was, that you received when you were born into this world, that sinful, that sinful nature. But thank God come the good day when we got born again and the Spirit of God came and took up its, uh, His abode in our life. Now let me tell you something again, when we got saved, when we got born again, the flesh didn't move out. The flesh just moved over. And the flesh is still very much in our lives. That's the reason, ladies and gentlemen, we've got to be careful that we don't allow the fleshly nature to dominate the spiritual nature. If we do, we're going to live in verse 19, verse 20, and verse 21. And believe me when I say you don't want to live there. That's not God's intentions, God's desire, God's plan for our life is not verse 19, 20, or 21. God desires for me and you to live in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, and verse number 23. But I said a moment ago, and I was talking about myself, but I mean everybody in here, I mean the truth of the matter is we face these battles on a daily, on a daily basis. And the problem with too many of us is this, we're losing that battle. I'm talking to people sitting right here tonight, and boy, the devil has got the best of you recently. I heard about this little boy. I have some chickens at my house, and they lay good eggs, and I praise the Lord for that. But I heard about this one little boy, and he had a couple of chickens, and he was sorely disappointed at the size of the eggs that they were producing. So what he did is he went uptown, and he bought an ostrich egg. And he come back and he got in the coop of them girls, and he said, all right now, girls. He said, now look at this right here and try harder. And you know the truth of the matter is the reason so many of us are losing the battle with the flesh and the world and the devil is because we're trying harder. And the harder we try, the farther we fall. Can I tell you something tonight? I know I'm talking to somebody in here tonight and you've got a, a besetting sin in your life. 
And I get that. I know you do. Some of you told me about it. Maybe your old besetting sin was this or that. And, and, and when you got saved, boy, you battled that before, uh, you know, prior to Calvary in your life. That was your life. You were consumed by that. But the trouble is, too many times, we drag that old garbage out of our unsaved life into our saved life, and, but it, we, we, we mess up. And we become so discouraged and so defeated by all that that many of us reach the point that we just say, man, I've tried and tried and tried to lay this down. I've tried to get rid of it. What's the use? It's not ever going to get any better. And we might as well just accept it. This is going to be a part of our life from here on out. Can I tell you something? It is a sad day when a child of God just expects this is the way it's going to have to be for the rest of our life. I tell you, I remember the good days prior to COVID. Don't you? I'm not about to accept, okay, this is the way it's got to be from here on out. I believe God's still sitting on the throne. I believe he's still got just as much power as he's ever had. And I still believe we have revival in these days. I'm not going to accept this is just the way it's going to be from here on out. And you're in bad shape anytime. I was talking to a man not long ago. And bless his heart, his boy had got messed up in a terrible, a terrible sin. And he said, call me and he said, can we go out and eat? And we met up here at the King's Hot Dogs of all places. And that dear man and his wife sat across from me and wept like babies in King's Hot Dogs. And so a boy got messed up in the terrible sin. And he looked at me and he said, preacher, my wife told me the other day, we might as well just accept it. This is the way it's going to be. And that man looked back with me with tears running down his cheeks. And he said, but preacher, I don't want to accept this is the way it's got to be. And I'm telling you, it's a sad day when you and I just throw up our hands and think, okay, from here on out, this is just the way it's got to be. Here's my whole message tonight. I don't want to take a lot of time in this, but I, I want to tell you how to turn the tide in the battle against your flesh. I'm going to tell you how to do it. And how, can you, how can you get victory over that besetting sin? Hey, how can you rise above that? How can, you, how can you put that in the past and leave it there? Well, I want to give you a formula for turning the tide against your flesh. Do I have your attention? Look up on the screens. Here's how to do it. Watch this. The key to winning the battle over the world and the flesh and the devil is not fighting, but surrendering. Now I know you're probably sitting there saying, hold on preacher, I, I didn't hear that just exactly right. Would you just repeat that again? No, you heard me right. The key to getting, getting all that junk in, in your life, put it in the past and leave it there. The key to getting victory over the world and the flesh and the devil is not fighting but surrendering. Yeah, I know what you're probably sitting there thinking. Man, what kind of a general would actually look at his army and say, okay, boys, let's go out here and win this battle today. First thing we're going to do, we'll get out there, wave the white flag of surrender. That is not the way to win a battle. No nation, no army has ever won a battle by surrendering. But you've got to understand, you and I are not fighting a physical enemy. You and I are not, uh, we're not engaged tonight in a, in, a, in a physical war. Our war is spiritual. Can I have an amen? Paul said in uh, he, uh, Ephesians 6, 12, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. I, I've never seen my fleshly nature. I've seen what it's done, but I've never seen, I've never seen the devil. I've seen some people I thought he was in before. 
But I've never seen the devil. I've never seen the world, the system of this world that's geared to draw us away from God. I can't even see the enemy that I'm fighting against tonight. I mean, it's like COVID, man. We know it's here, but man, we can't see it. And the truth of the matter is we cannot win this battle against this enemy that we can't even see. We, we're not fighting a physical battle. We're fighting a spiritual battle. And, and when you fight spiritual wars, you got to use spiritual weaponry. And what, by the way, look at this verse right here, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 4, 2 Corinthians. The weapons of our warfare, talking about in the spiritual battle, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God uh, to the pulling down of the strongholds. What is a stronghold? A stronghold is when the devil has moved into your life and he's taken a little part of your life and he's set up count there and he uses that place right there to launch attacks against you and other parts of your life. You've given him place. You know the Bible said neither give place to the devil. Don't let him have a stronghold in your life. What do you got to do? You got to pull those things down. And to do that, you got to use spiritual weaponry. And let me just tell you something. One of the greatest spiritual weapons that you and I have is something called surrender. Now, what am I talking about? I'm talking about surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And when you and I surrender to the Holy Spirit, he takes up the fight in us and he takes up the fight for us. That's what I've been trying to say over these last several weeks. Man, let's just yield to the Holy Spirit. Let's just surrender to the Holy Spirit. And once we do that, we get out of verse 19, 20, and 21 and thank God we move into verse 22 and verse 23. Can I ask you something? Let's just take a poll. You've heard of Gallup poll. Let's take a Gammons poll for just a minute. Let me ask you a question. How many of you want to live in verse 19, 20, and 21? Is there anybody in here? <laughs> I think I know the answer, but is there anybody in here that wants your life to resemble what, what verse 19, 20, and 21 says? I mean, do you want to get, you want a divorce? Do you want to live in immorality? Do you want your life to be dominated by alcohol? I mean, do you, want, do you want all of this idolatry and hatred and all that filthy stuff mentioned? And the, is that what you want for your life, preacher? No, no. How many of y'all want to live in verse 22 and verse 23? Can I take a poll? How many of y'all want love, joy, peace? How many of y'all want all that in your life? That's what I want. How do I get there? Surrender. Yield to the Holy Spirit. I mean, we just got to come to the place that we just get up close to God and say, okay, Lord, here I am. I'm just yielding. And by the way, that's not a one-time thing. That's something you're going to have to do every day of your life. First thing we ought to do, we get up out of the bed every morning, just slide down beside the bed and say, Holy Spirit, I yield, I surrender to you today. I ask you to produce within me the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. I don't want the fiascos of the flesh. I want the fruit of the Spirit. How do you get it? Yield to the Lord. Surrender to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to skip through all this. Cut to chase. I want you to look at verse 22 and verse 23. Guys, forget everything else. Just let it go. I'm going to give you my message. Columbo's getting ready to come on. We're going to go to the house. Look at verse 22. You know what you've got in verse 22 and verse 23? You know what in reality? Look at that. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and... You know what you've got right there? Watch this. Look at me. That's a picture of Jesus. 
those nine flavors of that one fruit that is mentioned in verse 22. I'm telling you what we got there. Man, that's a portrait. Does anybody say, uh, man, have you ever seen Jesus? Not with a physical eye. Well, what is he like? Love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness. All of those things right there is nothing more than but a, a picture. Maybe we could just call it this, the resume of the Lord Jesus. If somebody were to ask you to come up to you tomorrow at the water fountain and it's break time and you're standing there getting you a, a drink of water out of the water cooler and say, hey, can you tell me in as few words as you possibly can what Jesus is like? You know what they are. Love, joy, I mean, that's Jesus. I mean, what we read about right there is a portrait. It is a resume. It is who Jesus is. Look, can I tell you something? The Holy Spirit wants to make us like Jesus. The Holy Spirit wants to work in our life. Can I tell I've told you this before, but remember this. God loved his only begotten son, Jesus, so much that he did three things for him. Are you ready? Number one, he's finding a bride for him. Number two, he finished a book about it. And number three, he's fashioning every believer just like his son Jesus. God's not going to be satisfied with you or me till we resemble Jesus. And watch this, you can't resemble Jesus loving on the world. You and I cannot resemble Jesus by doing the things of the world, I'll say it, amen, preacher. You can't do that. You, can't, you and I can't resemble Jesus by, uh, uh, by hanging around the devil or the devil's place. You can't do it. You can't resemble. You and I can't look like Jesus when we're around the devil too much. We can't look like Jesus when we're following after the flesh. We can only look like Jesus when we yield to the Holy Spirit. And he wants us to be just like Jesus. All right, let me do this. This is the message and I'm done. Look at verse 20. Oh, I'm sorry, verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit, say it with me, is, number one. Louder, please. <laughs> the fruit of the Spirit is. Next. 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 Question. Question. What would our homes look like if every one of us surrendered to the Holy Spirit and He produced within us the fruit of the Holy Spirit? What, what, what a difference would that make in our homes? Somebody said, I tell you what, if I lived in a home and all that stuff was present in that home, I'd be in somebody else's home. That's exactly where I'd be. But, I mean, would it not make a difference if every man in this room said, Holy Spirit, I surrender to you. I give myself to you. I want love. Would you help me to love my wife like you love the church? Would you give me joy in my heart? Would you give me peace in my heart and contentment? Would you help me to be good? Would you help me to be gentle to my spouse? Would you help me to be uh, 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 faithful? Would you help me to be meek and would you? What would our home? What would you ladies? What would it be like in, in our homes if you ladies would just say, "Holy Spirit, I yield myself to you." Would you give me love for my husband? 
Would you give me joy? Would you give me just peace in my heart? Would you give me goodness and gentleness and meekness? Would you do all that in my, what would our homes look like? What if our teenagers in this room was filled with the fruit of the Spirit? I mean, what would home be like? I mean, oh, my soul. I know what some of you parents are thinking. Yeah, I'd be in somebody else's home for sure if my kids acted like that. But what would happen? Can I tell you something? That's just not for husbands. That's just not for wives. That's for kids. That's for teenagers as well. What would our homes be like if we just prayed, I surrender to you, Holy Spirit. Produce within me the fruit of the Holy Spirit. Give me. And then number two, what would our church be like? I mean, what would happen in this place if you and I just said, Holy Spirit, I'm waving the white flag of surrender. I want, I want to have love in my heart. I'm so tired of hating people. I, I, want to, I want to have love. I'm so tired of living in misery. I want joy. I'm so tired of being so unsettled and, man, I'm just so afraid. I want peace. You know something, Holy Spirit? I'm so tired of just being so quick-tempered. I want long-suffering. A picture of Jesus. And here's the thing about it. The Holy Spirit wants to bring that about in my life if I'll just say, I surrender to you. And what a difference it would make in our life if we would just surrender to him. Let's pray.